Welcome to episode 9 of the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, I'm your host Yusuf. For this episode, I'm joined by a special guest. His name is Naz. He's a Michigan native that currently lives in Washington, D.C. He is a marketing extraordinaire and a sports enthusiast. This episode is the most authentic and real conversation that you won't find anywhere else. Without further ado, let the show begin. Welcome to the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. When I started recording for it, I've always had you in mind to bring you on because I know you know you bring authentic opinions. And you're you're almost just as passionate about basketball as I am. You, you shouldn't do that because you're gonna you may regret it. I don't know. The <laughs> night's young. <laughs> but yeah, I just want to kind of kick things off. There's a story that just came out today. It's probably going to catch steam uh, very shortly. Uh-huh. But there's just speculation that LeBron and the GM for the Phoenix Suns, James Jones, his former teammate, uh-huh. were colluding together in an effort to sign uh, Tyson Chandler. Are you buying that? Yeah, in a way, because the word collusion is a loose word. Last I checked, you know, you can have friends in the NBA and they text one another. That's just what this league is about. Um, you know, if, if you need an example as to why that is, just look at how the free agency has been handled the last 10 years. Guys now played on AAU teams together. This whole thing about putting together a big three. Well, all these guys played Oak Hill Academy. They all played with one another at one time. And so the league has drifted away from what you saw in the 80s and 90s with bad boys, and they've turned into uh, brand building. And having guys two or three deep on the team is, is not the exception. It's quite the norm now. Is it possible you have someone that goes through, say, you got, you know, you got a Maverick Carter you go through and you just say, hey, this is what I want. We all know that James Jones was a, a locker room guy over in Miami. I mean, he he took down yeah. their orders for what they wanted. I mean, he, he carved it out as a veteran, but he, he, no, he pretty much made life for a lot of these big three, which is hard to do, which is why I admired Miami. I loved what Pat Riley did. I think Spolster Spol- did one of the best jobs you can ever imagine. But having to keep those guys in check and grow together, and we saw that Bosch was the one that changed his game the most. It does. It does. It does not surprise me none the bit that you could have a James Jones. Uh, you got. Let's be real. You got. Um, you've got. Uh, you've got him on the tail end of his career. Um, he's looking for. He's looking probably for a team that could win and win right now. Um, in that instance, he's from LA, and so him yeah. and then making for that tr- uh, for that trade makes all the sense. I mean, he in a lot of ways kept LeBron out the lane when it was with the Mavericks in 2012. Yeah. Um, no, excuse me, 2011. Yeah. 2011, they won in 2012, 2013. Yeah. So I mean, I, I, it's very easy. You just can't you just can't be open about your um, collusion, if you will. So yeah. obviously, unless you text saying, "Hey, make this happen," you can do. I mean, that's been done since GMs in the 80s and 90s. It's just yeah. that now players will do it. That's why Dan Gilbert thought that LeBron would never leave. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying, and I, I agree with you, but I'm just kind of confused as to how LeBron would make his intentions known. Like, was he doing it through his agent and his management team, or did he just flat out just go to James Jones? He probably you know? can do both because, obviously, I mean, we're talking sports here. We're not talking about city and political officials. Yeah. We're, not, we're not talking about tweets on a, on, on, on a government device. Yeah. <laughs> 
Okay, I, I live in Washington, D.C. I'm, I'm four miles. I'm 4.2 miles from the White House. I can literally walk the 1600 Pennsylvania yeah. Avenue. Um, you, you've done some tours there before. From I've what done, I've seen. Yes, actually, I've been inside. I was hoping that would be the day that maybe Mueller might come in there and, you know, do a no-knock warrant. But, you know, I wasn't yeah. so lucky. Um, <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other conversation. But in this one right here, I would say um, I think it's a bit of both. Um, yeah. I think it's simply – he probably went to James Jones, and you're, you're always throwing out ideas. And let's be honest, you, the reason why you can't put it past LeBron, I mean, I knew that he was leaving Cleveland. The question yeah. became, did L.A. have enough around him right now? Because to be honest, I didn't think he – I knew he would go to L.A. I just, yeah. he, I just didn't think he would go to L.A. with the present parts that they have because they're not really a win-it-now team. Because here's the thing, you can get away with that in the East and work and build and grow and gel – and come March, April, and May, you make a run. Yeah, that's true. But Which in is the what West, happened in Cleveland. Yeah, but that's in the East. You yeah, do exactly. that. Here's the thing. You can do that in the East, and, and, and everybody, for the most part, be fine because of the win total and the quality of play. If you Every year, you get, you get to April. You do this right now. You look back every year in April, and you take the number four team in the West or number five team in the West. They could easily be numbers two and three in the East. Easily. That's true. Easily. That in and of itself is where LeBron realized he needs to have talent on the team from the beginning of the season in order to keep pace. Because it's not about having home court. It's that if he's having to play those type of big games on the road in round yeah. one. Now, what yeah. we might see, if they, if they, if they get into the – because right now getting to the playoffs seems a bit of a stretch just given where they're at right now, and that's with no injuries. But let's, say they, let's yeah. say they squeak into the number seven or six spot, which I think might be rough. But let's say they get up as high as six. They're still not getting home court. Now LeBron is facing the possibility that his first-round opponent's going to be good, and he's never – remember, he's never lost in the first round. In the first round, yeah, that's true. Now, I mean, he's done it all at this point. All he's doing right now is chasing ghosts. It really is. It's the, it's the ring count, and it's, he's probably the only one that has the, uh, the 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 stamina and the physical ability, I think, to catch Kareem. But remember, Kareem yeah. was catching the ball at three feet in front of the hoop and yeah. turning turning on old knees and just laying it in the basket. LeBron yeah, didn't have, Le carry a team. Yeah, and Kareem didn't have to be responsible for playmaking, getting other guys involved, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and bring so the ball off the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So LeBron's responsible for all of that. But that's my biggest thing. Like I knew he was going to go to LA, mm. but I just didn't think he would go this early. I thought he would spend at least one year in Cleveland. And no. then once he sees what the other free agents were doing, then he'd make the move. But the mm -hmm. fact that he took the plunge this early to go was interesting to me. But it also tells me that he's not too scared of the Western Conference, like how some people would suggest he is. That he was scared to go. That's why he did it. The West. You just, That's you why just, he did it. Yeah. You, you answered your own question. Uh, it's two <laughs> things. One, you, well, one, if you go, with, you have to. You understand. LeBron has said this even back to Miami. He said there are bigger things than basketball. Course, he has yeah. been known of. Uh, he's always been an activist. He's always been about the guy with the best. He's the best player on the planet, hands down. Yeah, Durant is the one that's number two. After yeah. that, we can have a conversation about Westbrook and, and the whole nine. It's James yeah. one, Durant two. He's always said it's always life's bigger than basketball. He owns a home in L.A. We've all known this. Yeah. Um, the kids got older. Remember when he was in Miami? People want to backtrack a little bit when he went to Miami. Part of the again, I I dived into the you get into people's personal lives just a little bit just to get an understanding, not yeah. to be nosy. But yeah, of one course. of the one of the conditions Savannah had told the wife at the time, or at least fiance at the time, had told him was, if we're going to Miami, we're getting married. Remember, up until that point, yeah. they weren't married. She put yeah. it on him that if they're going down there, they're going down there as husband and wife. And yeah. when and then when she was, I think they were having their third child, the daughter. The daughter was one that they wanted to remember have around Cleveland because the two the two sons had spent a good portion of their 
their early young years in Cleveland. The, yeah. the daughter didn't. And so there's the family that's all in Cleveland. That, amongst many things, was the reason why they left Miami. Now, um, they went back home. And then, obviously, now the child is, what, three, four, five years old now, I guess. And, yeah. and I've always said this from day one. I'm an MSU alum. But I don't just choose sides just because you went to my school. I mean, people from University of Michigan might do that. <laughs> and you know how much we hate those those fools. Um, but I never liked Dan Gilbert. And coming from yeah. Detroit, uh, again, if you're from the city of Detroit, you know this. Uh, I live in Washington, D.C. The gentrification trend is real, but it's just yeah. get up and going in Detroit. And Dan Gilbert is one of the people spearheading it. Downtown Detroit's come back, yes, but that's because of the – the big three sports that are down, you got Pistons, Tigers, Red Wings, Lions. And yeah, that's there. And, and Dan Gilbert's buying up a lot of property. But Dan Gilbert has been uh, slime, for lack of a better word. And I will go one step further. You know your best player on your team and on the planet is a social activist. I'm yeah. not saying you can't have differing political views. But why yeah. on God's green earth did you allow your arena to host the Republican National Convention two years ago. Yeah, that doesn't make much sense to me either. You could have sent him. There, there's many. There's many places all along that Rust Belt, or even in Columbus. They could have gone to Ohio State University and done it. Yeah. I don't want to get. I don't want to draw politics in this too much. But what I'm saying is, mm-hmm. you can still be a Republican owner and 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 and, yeah. and, and align with those values, and you could be open yeah. about that. What you cannot do is open up the arena that's the king's house with his yeah. everything in there. And you've got this man there because if you needed validation, LeBron was on that podium up there with Hillary in the waning stages in the wee hours of the election coming down, coming down to the final week. Now, you, yeah. you already knew where he stood. You got to know that. And to yeah, me, okay. when, I, when that happened, I said to myself, I don't want to draw politics into it, but if I'm LeBron, this is my owner? Okay. It was a lack of self-awareness, you know, and there was a lot of things too, like even that letter he wrote going back to his first free agency Bam. decision, the, the language that it. he used, mm-hmm. he never forgot. And when he came back to Cleveland, I think they had an agreement where it's like, obviously, you know, we don't get along and this relationship probably can't be mended, but I'll do everything in my power to deliver a championship, but I need to know that you're willing to spend. Oh, and, well, well, yes and no. And, I think I think they both lied to each other. LeBron really wasn't coming back to win for Gilbert. He was coming back for the city. Of he was coming back to win for. He was coming back for the city of Cleveland. That's the thing. He said, "I'll do everything in my power to deliver a championship to yep. the city." Yep. And in return, I need to know that you're willing to spend whatever it takes to do it. Until he fired, was it? Uh, until he fired the um, the GM there. Yeah, that See, last year he did a lot of dumb things. You trade Kyrie. You um, trade Kyrie. Or injured Le- Isaiah Thomas. Yep. Fire David Griffin. That this is a perfect segue. So the Cleveland Cavaliers, are they a bad team or is it a matter of poor ownership or is it a combination of both? Oh, it's a combination of both. You got yeah. contract you got contracts you can't unload because remember they were they were even when even Griffith had them being shaped to win, they were trying to win now. That's why you got yes. guys like Corver and you went out there and got J.R. Smith and you went out there and got Channing Fry. You went and got guys that could contribute now. These are guys that in two or three years, even when they're at right now, but two, three years later, their value in terms of what you're going to get out there and with what the, C, the new CBA is, you, you, no one's going to take on those contracts. No one's going to take on those contracts. And people that just casually follow basketball, Carmelo's always going to get paid wherever he goes. <laughs> Chris Paul will always be paid above his value wherever he goes. That's not what owners have a problem with because those players, you can put on billboards, you can market them on the 405 or the 110. It's how do you justify paying somebody like a James Jones 
I'm not saying he was overpaid, but how do you justify those guys who don't get many minutes and they're just on your roster and, and, and with it being cap strapped, um, that's the thing about the NBA that makes it so great. Um, I would say the, the, uh, the NFL is probably the most strictest, but uh, the sure, NBA, yeah. the NBA in that instance, I mean, you, you kind of have to work with what it is, but it, it, it's going global in that. I would say horrible management. And if we needed that to see when we, when they stepped off that court and they lost Cleveland in the finals and you saw what happened with Dan Gilbert and him, but I think J.R. Smith had a hand in it, you know, pulling one of his um, uh, just short circuits out there on the court, unfortunately. And we've yeah. seen that. We've seen that time after time with players that make mistakes um, in that instance. But I think that relationship was already frailed. I think LeBron, not live, I think LeBron um, downplayed his redemption or his, his forgiveness to Gilbert. And Gilbert made it seem as if he was willing to spend to win and then deep down, he wasn't. Because getting rid of Griffin was a way of keeping the cost and checks and balances. What you have to understand is LeBron is an automatic billion-dollar boom to your economy. I don't have to be an accountant. I don't have to be a, a GM <laughs> to know you're, you're in the red. And if your team yeah. is not winning, it's going to be in the red even more. And now you're not. And here's the crazier part. Here's how you know, I think. Let me back up. You asked me the question, is it bad management, is it bad players, or is it both? My original answer was both, both. but I lied. It's management. <laughs> it's management. And here's what and here's what popped back into my mind. Before LeBron came back, how many top five picks did Cleveland get for the three or four years before they got LeBron? They, they got had, Kyrie. The three of them, three. right? Three. Kyrie, Tristan Thompson, and then they yeah. got Andrew Wiggins in 2014. Exactly. Now, Andrew was obviously traded to, to keep or to get Kevin Love. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm telling you right now, they drafted, before they got the chance to get Kevin, before they got LeBron, just getting one of those picks should help yeah. you build towards your franchise. Yep. And they had three. Yeah. Now, here's the thing. If, if, if Gilbert's probably – I think Gilbert was probably thinking, well, if LeBron leaves, we might tank a bit, but we'll be back in the draft. Well, if LeBron didn't come back, you were just going to be on pick four, five, and six. That was going to yeah. be the first-round top ten. And, you know, more and more the draft is, is a crapshoot now because you don't know what you're getting now. You're getting these one-and-dones. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting. And a lot of times with AU ball, it's, it's positionless, positionless basketball. So you're getting fours and fives that want to shoot 20-foot jumpers. You really don't yeah. know what you're going to get. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that it, it, it's management. When I go back to those picks, because that's before LeBron, they shouldn't, yeah. have been, they shouldn't have even been in a position to be able to bring LeBron on without having to unload a bunch of contracts. They were just sitting there like Miami was sort of with a whole bunch of cap space. Here's the difference. Miami had talent, and they already had the medal to win. Cleveland did. Yeah. Cleveland did not. And that's the thing, yeah, because if you look, prior to LeBron going there, they were a lottery team, like you said. As soon as LeBron comes, they're, they're competing for a championship. And as soon as he leaves, this exact same roster that he took to the finals last year, now if you look at them, what are they? They're 1-10 now as we speak. <laughs> he, LeBron, LeBron did what LeBron is known across the league for doing. He puts his yeah. guy. He puts his guys on, which means yeah. that when you're playing and you're the number eighth, ninth, tenth guy on the team, he looks out for them. He makes sure that you get premium of your value of your contract. Yeah. Just look. Just look at how he's kept his guys, uh, Randy and all those guys that he went to high school with. They are all part of his um his his production team, his media team, his yeah. his conglomerate, if you will. He keeps yeah. those guys. He keeps those guys close. Um. Yeah. So it does. It, it, when people think about it, you know. 
LeBron, LeBron was playing chess while the rest of the league was playing checkers during the trade deadline because he managed to get Cleveland. In the end, nobody knew where LeBron was going to go. And he, and he does that very well for his own advantage. That's why he kept signing yeah. one-year contracts. He signed yeah. one-year contracts to do one of a couple things. One, he knew the CDA was changing, so if you lock yourself in, you miss the big rate of return that you get with the, the salary cap increase. He's not a fool. He counts his dollars just like anybody else. Of number, course. Number two, he also knew that if he's going to get L.A. to move cap, he's got to be able to do it that way, and so he convinced Cleveland to take it on. Cleveland's thinking, whatever LeBron wants, we're going to give it to him. It's a contract year. Whatever he wants, yeah. he's going to give it to him. And again, he did it so that Cleveland didn't get fat. If he locked yeah. into a three, four-year deal, now he's losing money, but now he mm-hmm. can't press them because they're going to be like, well, you've got two you more years, and, yeah, and we're never going to trade you. Now, yeah. it, they're not going to rub him the wrong way to the point where he demands it and goes public because then that's a problem. Um, yeah. But they, they would say, okay, well, we don't want to spend it this year. We're gonna, we'll, we'll do it next year. We'll be able to position it better next year. And then you got yeah. LeBron, who's in March, who we've never seen him injured. We've never yeah. seen him having to carry it. He's been banged up before. He cramps a lot, it seems, but um, we've never seen him injured. Now, obviously, Father Time will catch up. Maybe that's when we start seeing his body break down. So carrying this L.A. team, I always thought Carmelo was better served going to L.A. because you put him in the post, you put a LeBron, you play off of him, and either one can bring up the ball. Yeah. Um, I don't see how they don't got shooters in L.A. They can't really spread the floor. Defensively, they're good, but they, if they switch, I think they got problems. You don't. You got no three-point shooters. Um, rebounding is fifty-fifty, and you're playing in the West. Yeah, which means is you could very well be o two and still win your first round series, but you had to fight for the. You had to go six seven games. Then you turn around, and the next team's got home court, and you start off again o two, and you might get to game six if you manage to get through that. Look at what you're putting on LeBron. He was he was knocking out teams in the first round. Maybe gets tested in the second, but really wasn't seeing much of a match until the Eastern Conference Finals. And that was the yeah. last two or three years. And even then, some they knocked out in six and some they knocked out in five. I mean, even when they were like rounding out this team and building it, mm-hmm. it didn't make much sense to me at the time because you want hard nosed players, but their defense is not any good right now. Like they're one of the worst defensive teams in the league. Like they're somehow finding a way to get the ball in the basket, but they're not defending. And it kind of shows in the way they're playing. Well, that's where San Antonio had everybody kind of figured out. They figured yeah. out, yes, we gotta be able to keep up with points. But if you score 120, but I only let you, but I only give up 98 points. You know that's a you know 22 point difference. Now all I gotta yeah. do is, if I can hold you to 98 and score 103, I don't need to score 120. And yeah. so they had the ability of still being scoring. You know they had Old Faithful down there with Tim Duncan, but yeah. for the most part they knew they could lean on that defense, and that's why Kawhi was so big. And don't get me going on Kawhi because <laughs> that's a whole other story. But that again yeah. with free agency, Toronto. I just I still believe he's a one year rental for Toronto. He is. He is. Unless they can somehow make the finals and they can, you know, then I think they have a compelling case. Like we have a foundation here that we can build on. But I really, I really doubt that they're going to get to the finals. And I, believe- I think Boston's stronger in that instance. And again, I lived in Boston. That's a that's a strong team, obviously town, and that's one of my rivals. But again, uh, yeah. my Detroit team ain't doing a whole lot of nothing right now. So this is this is this is those uh, 98, 99 teal years that my Pistons had. So I, I pretty much yeah. written them off. It just would have loved to not have to drive out to Auburn Hills. 
when I could yeah. just now drive downtown. But again, that's just a flashback there. But I will say <laughs> it's a flashback for me. But I'll, I'll, I'll say I'll say this though: uh, Ka- the problem with Kawhi is he doesn't talk. You yeah. don't know what he values. I mean, what was the story we all read? He still drives around that 1997 Suburban. Now, if you talk about <laughs> the guy makes max dollars or will make max yeah. dollars. And he lives like a miser. He lives like he's broke. <laughs> he lives. He- he, he lives like he's broke. He, probably not, not, he doesn't talk much. Like people said, when they're out yeah. there playing against him, they didn't even know what he sounded like. He doesn't say much. Maybe other than calling out picks and screens and, and, yeah. and, and, and things like that, you don't hear much about him. So you don't know if he just wants to be home and play for the Clippers. If you ask me, you put him in L.A. with the Lakers. Now, I don't know if it's him and a LeBron thing, but I always said the one guy, the one guy that could guard LeBron is Kawhi. Not Kevin Durant, because no. LeBron goes in the post. Kevin Durant's giving up about 600 pounds yeah. uh, Le- <laughs> to that. No, he is. Kev- At least. Kawhi could play him straight up, even if you switched off on him. Um, he could play him. He could play him off the ball. In the post, it did not matter. Um, I don't know if he has in his heart to go there. I think Magic and Genie will spend. We've already seen that they don't mind spending. I, I seriously think that they got to make a splash around mid-year. You've already seen the the, the, the the pressures turned up on Walton. And let's be real. We saw this with what's-his-name in Cleveland in his first year. He didn't even make it to the midseason before David, Tyron Lue. David, yeah, yeah. In, this, in that second year with Cleveland, they fired him even though they had the best record in the conference. Yeah. But that was primarily because he lost the locker room. Yeah. And I think Walton, if he's not there yet, he's definitely on his way to doing that. It's not um, a matter of I think Walton losing the locker room. I think it's it. Remember, it's LeBron. LeBron is a savant at looking at the numbers, um, yeah. the, me- the the memory of recalling where everybody's on the floor, where that ball should go. Most casual yeah. fans say, "Oh my great, yeah, no, uh, Jordan's better." Jordan didn't have half the IQ LeBron got. Just go back and look at the numbers. Look, Jordan was basically Jordan was basically give me the ball, get out my way, I'm gonna carry us. LeBron made everybody better. The yes. issue that everybody throws down LeBron is LeBron doesn't have that last two minutes of the fourth quarter, but you forget LeBron carries the team for the pretty much four quarters. Jordan yeah. didn't do that. Jordan just pretty much drifted off. People forget. He'd have his moments, and then come the last six months of the fourth quarter, he dominated and he took it over. That's yeah. what happened. And you, know, and you know the problem, I think, with people who really champion Jordan over LeBron is that they look at the way Jordan played and they think that's the only way to play the game. Not yeah. knowing that there's other ways where you can be clutch and be just as effective. The clutch is not always making the last shot, but sometimes it's, did you make the right play? There was a guy, and he's a local guy from Michigan, and everybody will know him. He's he's kind of famous, and he plays for that, he used to play for that team LeBron's on now. But there was this guy called uh, Irvin Johnson, Magic Johnson, oh, yeah. who played the same way. Here was the difference between Irvin playing that way in the finals and Jordan playing the finals. Earlier on, Magic and the Lakers and them being in the finals, they were on tape delay. Those games weren't always being aired live. When I always say the reason why, well, one, Jordan infused the brand, and this is going to lead me to my next discussion with you. Jordan infused the brand, and then Jordan also had, that time, media was taken off. You got yes. games where in Croatia, they were able to watch the finals. You got guys in Russia able to watch the game. That's why, remember, on the Barcelona team in 92, in the, in the Dream Team, guys yeah. were coming up in the warm-up line from the opposing team and taking pictures with Larry, you know, uh, Robinson and Jordan. And even though they went there and got smashed for 30, 40 points, they were just taken in by the moment. So those guys made the game global. Obviously, Curry and all those guys going to China, but who who brought the game over was that 92 Dream Team. Now, Jordan had the shoes. Don't get me going on that because I'm going to tell you right now, I've never owned a pair of Jordans. I don't want to. You have a topic for that too, don't don't you? We're we're getting to that. Call me on that one. Call me on that one. (laughs) 
No, but, I, but, I, but, I, but I think because Jordan was in our era in terms of media, that's why yeah. he is so well-known and remembered. But people have to understand, the Pistons had the Jordan rules. It was a different yeah. NBA. And people say, well, you know, if they had the hand check rule now and Jordan would go to the foul line 12, 14 more times, his, his point totals would be out the roof. You can make that case across a whole bunch of generations. Of you know, there was, a time, there was a time a particular color couldn't play. There was a particular time where you couldn't cross half court. So yeah. the game changes in its era, and, and, and that's where we're at right now, where you're seeing teams jack up 24, 28 threes a game. I mean, 10 years ago, people would say that's guaranteed loss. Now, yeah. that's that's an average night in the league. Yeah, and that's the thing, too. I think Jordan was a beneficiary that he didn't live in the social media era, so every mistake that he did or missed game winner, anything that he did on the court wasn't magnified as much. Mm-hmm. So oh, I, I definitely he, so. Yeah, so I think he's a beneficiary of that. And also, like you said, the marketing. It's not really Jordan the player. It's that mystique. It's that logo. It's that, it's that brand. silhouette that yeah. really makes him a larger than life figure but when you hold like when you look at them side by side and you watch the game I mean Jordan had his flaws as well like he wasn't as good of, of a three-point shooter as LeBron was he didn't make his team as better in, in so, this day in this day is in this day and age I've always said this I still say to this day I mean it wouldn't have taken away his whole le- legacy but it would have been that one final moment he had what would have happened if they had called an offensive foul on Jordan for the push off on Brian Russell I mean, he put his hand in his rear end and yeah. pushed him four feet across the foul line. He wasn't like onto the baseline like Reggie Miller coming off the pick where you can kind of hide a lot of contact because Reggie yeah. and Rip Hamilton made a living doing that, and I admired them watching it. He's up at the yeah. top of the key in the Delta Center when there was Delta Center then. Utah Jazz, they cleared out. They spread everybody four wide, and you blatantly see he puts his hand right on Byron Russell's rear end and pushes him. Yeah, and, in my, and they would have called that – they would they called Called the charge, which I thought when I look back on it this past year in that game one that turned the, that I think turned I think Golden State would have still won the series. They just would have won in five, maybe six. If yeah. Cleveland would have stole game one, but was he sliding in that in that in that charge called Durant on on James? But the fact that they actually called it now, if if LeBron did that push off, they would call it on LeBron. They would. They would give LeBron the contact in the air in terms of muscling away to the basket, which I thought they would do in this instance. But if he's clearing out and he's on a dribble drive, they didn't call it on Jordan. And I always yeah. said that had they did, I think we'd be talking about how Utah Jazz beat that 97 team or 98 team, and maybe he comes back in a locked-out season, or Jordan just fade to black and came back as a Wizards. Yeah. Or he went, you know, it would have changed history a little bit. Or um, even, too, like if we could even look back at something as well. Like when you look at the uh, Michael Jordan's first retirement, the year before he retired, they won 57 games. He does his mm-hmm. retirement. They win fifty-five games. So they're only so without Michael Jordan, they only won two less games than they did with him. And really, it was a blown call against the New York Knicks. If it wasn't for that blown call, there's a possibility the Bulls make it to the finals without him. You're so, right. So I mean, you could. I, I look at these things, and I don't know for some reason people just gloss over them as though they didn't happen. And I think what we're doing is there's been a lot of revisionist history when it comes to Michael Jordan. Mm-hmm. And, oh, he he's definitely given. He's definitely being given that benefit of the allure of what it is and yeah. that's why I, I just I just sometimes just want to vomit and and, and, and just kind of <laughs> I, I want to hang myself with a cordless phone so far I'm over five and doing that yeah. um because it, it, it comes back to Jordan ha- Jordan had the same thing you got going now you just the, here's the difference between the NBA then and the NBA now and this and this points to a lot Jordan didn't have a whole bunch of scrubs he didn't mm-hmm. Now, did he have a big three? Define what a big three is. See, in this era, a big three is you got guys that got three brands. They all yeah. got their own sneaker, and they all yeah. have their own Twitter account. Where they're, I mean, they're known, right? Westbrook, yeah. 
Durant, Draymond Green, Money Green 23. There you go. MSU yeah. on the spot. Um, go green, go white out there. It's a big game this weekend. Um, but, but yeah, but what he had, let me put it to you this way. Here's why Jordan, I think, won rings, and no one ever wants to agree with me on this as a Bulls fan or a Jordan fan. Jordan won because at that time, the era of the NBA was that you could keep winning teams together. And now let me explain. Steve Kerr, great three-point shooter. Scottie Pippen, right? Let me, yeah. tell you, let me tell you, just those two alone. I mean, Rodman as well. Those two alone, those three alone, one of those three in this NBA now would have had big money thrown at them, and they would have left. They would have already won, you know, one title or two. They would have won that 91, 92, 93. And by 94, 95, when Jordan said he was going to leave, I bet you that Pippen from some other team, it could have been the Knicks, the Hornets, whoever, the Hawks, whoever, Miami could have came in there and said, you know, we're going to offer you this. We see it now. We see yeah. guys that stay there, and then they take the big money and they go. Not that that's yeah. a bad thing. It's just that, see, here's the thing. Then, if besides the Jordan who had the brand and, and, and the Patrick Ewing and those guys that had brands, Reggie Miller, you take those guys off the way, those guys only made money through their game checks. Yeah. LeBron made more money before he ever stepped onto that court in Sacramento in 04 because Nike was paying him. Yeah, so you it's got still that way today. It's still not, yeah, because remember, you they always said that basically LeBron really is getting shortchanged for his value because he gets paid more in off the court endorsements than he does on the court. Nowadays, yeah. you got guys making more money via Kia. And 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 at AT and T and Sprint and Pepsi and Sprite, then they do actually make it playing ball. So now they can go wherever they want because remember the bird rules was the team that had you could always remember offer you beyond the the can give you the ultimate max your bird your bird rights. Yeah. Then you would say through another team. Remember that was why if LeBron went somewhere else, he'd be leaving money on the table. If Kawhi yeah. turned down the San Antonio deal to go to Toronto or anywhere else. He was going to be leaving my idea because the caps or, or constraints or mechanisms that are put in place. Well, I if he players to stay with I'm t- exactly, but, I'm, but but remember, there was no social media. They had endorsements, yeah. But remember, what were the endorsements in the nineties? Sprite, yeah. McDonald's. Uh, you had Jordan Brand, and then yeah. you had that was it. You didn't have yeah. the internet doing what you didn't have social media accounts where you can basically do your own thing. It was yeah. unheard of. And I don't. Yep. And, and what I mean by that is the Jordans and the Magic Johnsons. They were always going to have the cameras. I'm talking yeah. about the Pippins, the Rodmans. Those guys got social media accounts. Jav- yeah. uh, okay, uh, Embiid. Embiid had won nothing. The guy <laughs> yeah. played a full season. The guy can't stay out of the. The guy spends more time in the X-ray machine than he does <laughs> than he does in the weight room. Because of the yeah. injury. My point is that a guy like Embiid's got a brand, trusts the process and all that comes with it, and I'm thinking yeah. you haven't won much. Now, Pippen, he could have a brand. I'm going to tell you who would have really, out of them three guys, who really would have benefited off a brand and would have had a lot of money thrown at him just because there would have been a lot of ways like Trump, a circus, Rodman, Rodman. Because oh, yeah. now with social media, he could have all those illicit and provocative photos and yeah. everybody would have been outside in the team tunnel, dressed like them, waiting for them to take a selfie with it. Rodman would have been king at that and could have been on a yeah. 500 on a five hundred win um, 
maybe Phoenix Suns team or maybe a Seattle team and at the time it'd be Seattle and basically could have been 500 and been getting paid almost to what you know uh you know maybe 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 slightly less than Jordan but would have gotten overpaid he was always something to talk about oh, he's a social media what? dream and that's where I think that the, the dynasty of Chicago would not would have been shorter lived yeah. and I think I think that'd cost Jordan a couple rings. But LeBron's as the person and even what you see, I mean the guy welcomes us into his life. Jordan would never do anything to impact his brand. And I've always said this. now people yeah. going right now, this might be the first time you first time and maybe the last time you had you on the show, but I always think that he w- was almost raping and pillaging the black community. I mean you saw kids yeah. getting shot over shoes in the nineties, um shoes for hundred and eighty dollars. I'm not saying that yeah. LeBron, you know, is selling shoes for fifty bucks. But you don't see kids <laughs> you kids aren't getting shot and killed over LeBron yeah. James shoes. Well, I'm glad you brought this topic up because that actually something that I want to discuss with you. So do you believe that it's absolutely necessary for athletes to be activists or should they stick to sports as is often believed i would say this it, it your political views are your political views if yeah. you here's here's my thing if you have a political view that supports activism and you choose not mm-hmm. to do it because you don't want to hurt your money put it this way it's like if you ask me uh are you in favor of racism no no i think it's awful you know i say i say all the things that support activism right then yeah. you say, well, what are you doing? What are you doing the week of election day? I'm going to work and I'm coming home. I'm going to live my life. You're not doing any volunteer. You're not going to the polls. You're not going to, you know, get in the car and, and drive, you know, elderly seniors to the polls and do your best. You, you see, you see what I mean? You've already expressed yeah. to me an initiative and a d- desire. But when it comes to putting into action, you don't do it. Yeah. If you're LeBron and you tweet about things and you have that thing, you take that stance, then use your power to it. If you're not, then don't come out vocal and, crit- and critical about it. You can still do what you're going to do. I have no problems with it. I think LeBron has done the right thing. I think what was it? Lord, Lauren Ingram said was horrible. Of course. Um, <laughs> It's got would, she have, would she say that to a guy like Tom Brady who had a Make America Great Again hat? Laura Ingram's comments, I think, were kind of, uh, they were, we know what she was trying to say. It was yeah. a veiled, I think it was veiled racism, to be honest. No, it, it, it was, no, we, we, we're beyond veiled racism at this point. Yeah. It, it, it's now basically, it's it's basically now calling, it, it's it, it's saying the N-word, but not without saying it, just spelling yeah, it out it, and it, saying, it, well, I didn't yeah. put the letters together, but you yeah. know what I mean. And it's horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. It's sickening. Um, I, yeah. I also say this. I, also, I always say this. And it, take away social activism, if or or political activism, or being uh, or being or being a proponent of that. Uh, you yeah. always hear athletes, you know, saying, you know, it's hard being an athlete. You know, it's hard doing this. There's a lot of pressure. You don't know the hell and, and, and a lot of the anguish we take. Okay, I agree with that. I know it's not easy. Here's my thing. Yeah. Give back the money and go get a job making 35000 a K a year. Because I can oh, point you in a direction. I can, I can point you in a direction of somebody right now with a mop bucket or driving a bus who does not take any social media slander, who doesn't have skyrocketing expectations, and is not having to push their bike to the brink. But as a, yeah. but in response to that, their value – they're getting maybe forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. So um, I always say, if you don't want the pressures that come with it, just give back the money. You know they never will. <laughs> but what I really like the most, and I think this is the biggest middle finger that he gave to Laura Ingram, mm-hmm. is that he took that phrase and he turned it into a three-part docu series. Absolutely. In this instance of sports, if they got the voice, they got the platform. Do it. Do you want to put your family in jeopardy? No. You know you have to be very careful with that because you could be putting a bullseye on your back. Do you want it to be where you run the risk of jeopardizing your income? Of course not. But these guys, n- no owner is going to tell LeBron, you know what? That tweet was wrong. I'm docking your pay. You're chasing oh, him away. Not. 
those kind of players, of course, when, when we want those activism. It's going to be from the name brand guys because that's who we recognize. Uh, yeah. If I put on there, if, if Tony Kukoc had tweeted something, we don't care. You know, even in this yeah. time, if, if if you get if you get um a Boris Diaw tweeting something, we don't care. Most people don't know who he is. So it's it, obviously it's these star players who know their value is their their money's good. You know, their money's good in in, in that casino. They got that credit marker for that millions of whatever that it is. They're not in the risk of losing it just because they said the wrong thing out of turn. Yeah. But he's doing the right thing. He's doing the right thing. <laughs> no, oh, thanks man, so much for joining. No, no, not at all, man. It's my pleasure.